All right, everyone. It is Skaggs here, and you are listening to the Two Doom Men podcast. No captain today. I am joined instead by not the king of the Southlands, but the king of the trash realm, Jimbo the Kid, and also Big Mark. It is well after dark, and we are in the park. The Fellowship of Doom, I'm going to call the three of us. And, I like uh, it. We are here to doomed review uh, the Rings of Power season one in its entirety. So what's going on, boys? Thank you for helping me out with this one. I'm excited. Absolutely. Excited. Couldn't pass it up. Um, Got a so, lot to talk about. Yeah, definitely. The three of us are like super huge Lord of the Rings nerds. Mark, especially me and you, Jimbo, you too. Yep, we, yep, did, yep. Uh, we did uh, review episode three. And we did a little talking about it ahead of time. So I, I'm really more so interested because I think everybody probably knows I didn't like it. Um, so I'm really more so interested to get your guys' opinion of the season in general. Jim, Jimbo, I kind of got yours a little bit. So, But, Mark, I'm interested. We haven't talked about this at all. What did you yeah. think? I'm surprised you didn't like it. Um, I guess I'm giving it a little leeway because – they have a limited uh, source material to work with. And I just like being back in this world again. I think they're doing a good job, like, definitely scenery-wise. Um, it's gorgeous. Um, I I like the story. You know, there's there's definitely parts. I, I It's not the greatest. It's not absolutely perfect. But I just like being in this world again. And I, I think it's for what they have to work with and for the time that we're in. I think it's it's pretty good. I do have my complaints as well, though. Yeah, I, I do like the, you know, like they spent, I think, like a billion dollars on the show in general. Yeah. So like the scenery of like um, Eregion and uh, Numenor, like the cities and the and whatnot is like pretty dope. Like that does look really good when they give you, a, you know, pretty decent shots of it. Um, I thought like Moria too looked pretty good, like the Dwarven Kingdom and whatnot. Right. The Balrog looked pretty dope, too. He looked pretty accurate um yeah big time. you know one of my criticisms of it is going to be that they tease that and they kind of just like left that out at the end like for the next season i yeah. guess uh my, my main one of my main criticisms I'll, I'll leave aside most of the woke stuff which i'm going to try and do in most of these reviews because there's a lot of woke shit in all these shows but one of my main criticisms is like the there's no sense of time in the show like it's hard to tell like when something is happening and how long it's been since the last thing. Mm -hmm. And like, you know how there's a couple of different areas where people are at. It's hard to tell like when they are, where they are. Um, you know, I guess kind of like the only way we kind of knew that what the, the Harfoots and Gandalf were doing was at the same time as Mordor is because like, like debris from Mordor landed where they were at which is just, I don't know, just crazy, right? I looked it up. Uh, the Shire is like 1,700 miles away from Mordor, so I don't understand how they, they pulled that one off. I don't know. Do, do we know about? that's the Shire? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, looking back to, to the finale here, um, I think they tried to make it that that tree that, that uh, you know, like the Gandalf, uh, like, you know, brought back to life is like the tree at Bag End. At like the top of the hill there, at Bilbo's party, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I didn't. Like make if you that look connection. at it, there was a there was a, there was like a shot when they were like leaving or walking away, like it looked like the beginning of like the steps going up to Bag End, kind of. So that's like supposed to be the Shire where like the Harfoots are are settling down now. 
So what you said about the the debris not being able to reach there, I don't know if maybe that's not the Shire. I mean, maybe not, but, I, but like I'm, you said, it's hard to determine because time isn't really handled well, and even location isn't really handled well. That's that is true. So you really can't tell. You know, they're pretty nomadic. It seems like the Harfoots. Yeah. So they go on the same trek to go seasonally where. You know, it's better here. The food's better here this time of the year. We got a trek here. So maybe the other end of their journey is the Shire. Yeah, I I think, too, like their carts getting burned signified like the end of them being nomadic. And now they have to, like, settle down Mm -hmm. in this area, which I guess then turned into the hobbits later on. So that's at least how I understood it, that that was the Shire. That was them like finding the Shire and establishing it. But again, I didn't think it made much sense that if that is in fact the Shire somehow, you know, like rocks from Mount Doom flew 2000 miles in the air to the Shire and landed there. Right. I don't know. It's just a bit. No, it's a big inconsistency for sure. There's a lot of little inconsistencies like that throughout the entire season. Jimbo, what what do you, what do you think over there? Well, hello. Thank you for having me. How are you? Yeah, I feel so good. professional. This is amazing. Um, yeah, so I have a couple questions for you guys. So you're saying Gandalf, correct? The yeah, mystery he's... man is that Gandalf. Yeah, so they did call him the Ishtari, right? Which is like right. a name of, you know, Gandalf's order, I guess you could say, like the wizard okay. order. So All right. it's Gandalf. because at first she said it's him thinking that it was Sauron. At first, um, because he had so much power and they were like, oh, he's good. Right. Um, Also, too, at the end, we know who Sauron really is when he's on the ship with Galadriel, which is a great scene. I was right, by the Um, way. You remember I told you after. Yes, you were. Yes, Yes. you were. Yes, you were. A hundred percent. I mean, you nailed it. Um, So now I have a question for both of you. I don't know if you're going to know, but um, so I was trying to read up on it because I was just confused as hell as the mystery man being Gandalf. Now, is it possible that Sauron can be two personalities? Yeah, like from like a good and evil, but then the evil overcomes because I was confused with that whole part because they don't tell you it's Gandalf. You know what I mean? So, so I don't know well, if it's well, uh, Sauron can like, I guess, take different forms and shapes and you know, yeah. stuff like that. I do think that that's not Sauron, though. I think that was like bad writing by the, the directors where they were like, we have to throw everybody off. So we're going to say that this was Sauron in the beginning of the episode, because if you somehow yeah. haven't found out, you figured out yet that how brand is Sauron. We want to throw you off right before the end, like before we throw you a curve at the end. Yeah. Because a lot of little weird things like that I didn't like about the show. Yeah, because when I read up on it, it it stated that he can shapeshift. He can be all different type of beings like we saw in the regular saga, the the trilogy, Lord of the Rings, that he's an eye. So he takes many positions. And my thing was I thought that it was he has a two split personality where there is a good Sauron and then a bad Sauron that but the bad Sauron overtakes the good. In a sense, that's what the way I I got it from that scene. I don't know, but from which scene? From from the scene with Gandalf? Or in the, the beginning with, with the uh, with the chicks? Uh, oh, with the the one who looked like Justin Bieber? Yeah, um, feminine. As, I, as I people are I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Very true. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, that they were they thought that he was Sauron, and 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 it, 
why would you go to him then? What what was attracting you? His power or I guess so. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it was the fact that they just realized that somebody of immense power came to Middle Earth and they were like, oh shit, this must be who we've been waiting for. It's got to be Sauron. And then at the very end, when he basically is about to disintegrate them, the girl goes, oh wait, no, this is the other. And then they say Istari. So they right. know of Gandalf, but yeah. they didn't think that that was him. They just figured, okay, he's super powerful. He just landed. He He's confused because he's clearly confused. He was thrown from what is that the Valar? Yeah. Right, is like the, the gods. gods. They yeah. basically just launched him to Middle Earth, and when he gets there, he's super confused. He doesn't know who he is, and I guess all that has to come back in his memory. And he quite possibly could have been like a Saruman character if he would have, if without Nori there to show him, you know, you choose who you want to be. I, I thought it was interesting the way that they connected him with hobbits in general, like the hobbit ancestry, because he has such a connection with hobbits in the stuff that we've seen so far in Lord of the Rings books. And you don't know where that connection comes from. He just loves hobbit lore. He comes up to Bilbo's house one day and is just like, yeah, I knew your your parents and whatever. But this is kind right. of that explanation to, okay, a hobbit is responsible for helping him when he f- was basically first born into Middle Earth. Yeah, like why he has an affinity for the hobbits. Yeah, right, definitely. exactly. I, I have criticisms, I guess you could say, of like those cult people. Um, the show doesn't, like even we are sitting here now like trying to, we still kind of like don't know exactly what happened or what they were. Like the show doesn't explain like really who they are, what their motivations are, what their names even were, like what was their purpose just to find Sauron. Uh, like it just I don't know. And then like when Gandalf blows them away, they look kind of like the nine in, in spectral form. Yeah. But the nine don't exist yet at this point in time. So that makes right. no sense. There's just a lot of illogicalities and just things that aren't explained and kind of lazy. I don't like and I'm still like we now watch the full um, season and I have just as many more questions as I did at the beginning, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Now, I have another question for you guys, and um, help me out here. So, at the end, we know who Sauron is, like I said, and he was working with the elven, um, what's his name? There you go. He's supposed to be working to create the rings, is he not? That's what I read, is that he, being himself, um, his alias... Creates Sauron. the rings. So, no, yeah, yeah, but under um, Helmbrand, right? That's his name. So, so Helmbrand. Yeah. So, so real quick, so, just to give you guys some backstory, like Halbrand does not exist in the lore whatsoever. Oh, okay, the show so, okay. has really perverted the lore. That's my main criticism of it. Like, in my opinion, Tolkien would be spinning in his grave at what they've done. Halbrand doesn't exist. You could say that Anatar, the Lord of Gifts or whatever, should have been the character that was involved in this, like Sauron's form called Anatar. Mark, I'm sure you're familiar with like the Anatar thing, um, but it said they they the show gave you Halbrand, made him more of like a, a man, and and wrote in the Southland King of the Southlands story that never occurred in the Similarian or anything like that. Um, but the last so episode my, my... does kind of try to 
like recapture what does actually happen, which is like Sauron working together with Celebrimbor to make the rings. It doesn't even do a good yeah. job, in my opinion, but yeah, kind of. So, so my question is, is that he's creates the rings based off the book. He creates the ring among the elves and then he leaves here is that he disappeared and Galadriel already knows who he is. Yeah. So now is he going to come back as a different form in the next season to create those rings? Right. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, we don't know. Right. Maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah we yeah. did see at the end. Like that's he walked to Mordor now and he's standing in Mordor at the end. Um, <laughs> You know, they only did make three rings. Right. So there's still, you know, the nine for men. Right. And the seven for the dwarf lords that that have to be made. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it, it didn't, it didn't, it just didn't do it for me, man. It just was weird. Everything. It was like, they were trying so hard to kind of stick to things, but then redo it in their own image and way. And it just, it was weird. And a lot just, like I said, just a lot of illogical turns to the story, especially at the end here too. Like you, you, they'd go sometimes a week without seeing certain characters, you know, like uh, one week there wouldn't be this one storyline wouldn't happen. Um, and they did that at the end. Now there's the season's over, like with Durin and, and the dwarves. And like, that's it. We just don't know what happened to them. And uh, it's just weird. It's just very like th- these, the two, the two guys who did direct the show, um, I forget their names, but they are like rookies. Like they've never really directed anything before. And I couldn't help like, as I'm watching the show, be like, yeah, it, this is rookies that directed this. Like there's just so much illogical shit that happens on top of the fact that it really wasn't sticking close to, to the lore like i'm not even going to consider it canon honestly i'm really not i'm going to pretend like this is just some other thing that's like a different interpretation <laughs> of lord of the rings or something like that well i think that's kind of what it is because they don't have rights to the silmarillion they yeah, only have some, the rights yeah. to what's in appendices the the appendices right. of the lord of the rings and that's not that much so they basically had to create a character that was going to be Sauron in disguise. They couldn't use his name from the Silmarillion. They could use Sauron, but they couldn't. So they kind of had, they were forced. Yeah, they could have done it better. But I was re-watching that when I realized we were going to do this review. I was re-watching a couple of the episodes, kind of skimming through. And you see Holbrand in a new light after you watch the finale and then re-watch. He's really sinister. But you're on his side because he's helped Galadriel and you think, oh, cool, a king in the south. He's going to, you know, unite the men against whatever you want to trust him. But you saw through him. I really didn't. He pretty much fooled me. Yeah, I saw through him from the first moment we were introduced to him. Right. Because of the sigil and the king of the Southlands. Yeah, It didn't make any sense. What is that? What is that? That makes no sense. And then, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like. The whole Galadriel jumping off the ship and just I'm going to swim back to Middle Earth was so just ridiculous of a premise. <laughs> yeah. And then here comes a magic man. So happens to just be on a raft and at perfect timing, pick yeah, her up. I'm was... like, this is setting in motion. They're going to have a relationship. I'm like, this is probably Sauron. Um, him going to Numenor and being interested in like the, the smithing there. Um, him tricking people while he's there. He is Sauron, the deceiver. Right. Like it was all the hints were there. Uh, but I but I from the get go, I knew kind of that was going to be the premise of the show that you wouldn't that Sauron's there, but you wouldn't really know who he was. And I thought that was a really good premise. I thought it was going to like keep me on edge. Like, man, 
any one of these characters in any moment could be Sauron. I was I'm started off with such a disappointment because I immediately figured out who Sauron was in episode one. Essentially. Yeah, and you and you called it. I mean, we had a a full blown conversation. You were like, "I think this is this. I think this is this, and this is the route they're going." And he nailed it. Um, but when Numenor came with the queen to fight the orcs uh, with the village people, I honestly, it was after work. I'm tired. I'm falling asleep, and then I heard that note of Rohan. And I looked up, and it looked similar to Rohan. Like, when they were riding with the helmets and stuff, I was like, holy shit. So when I looked up the the, uh, history of Rohan, Gondor, and stuff like that, you can see the similarities. So in that sense, they actually are doing a great job trying to put as much in together. I'm just looking forward to season two as a base-level person of knowledge. (laughs) That's what I was telling him in the car. Yeah, I, I thought the armor was a good mix up like the Numenorian armor was a good kind of like mix between Rohan armor and Gondor. Armor. Gondor. Right. Like mm-hmm. it was almost as if you like took aspects of each and mixed it together yeah. into a new sort of armor. Yeah. So so yeah, Numenor, you know, basically Elendil and Nisildur end up establishing Gondor later on. Um, I have um, also, another question for you guys. Sorry to cut you off. Um, so the stones that the dwarves have in the mines. And then that Balrog being at the bottom, what it, what does that mean? Like, why why is the Balrog down there, and how do they not know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, do the Balrog like live in the depths where nobody knows? And with that, Doom Nation, we'll be right back after a few messages. What's up, everyone? It's the Two Doom Men, and we're here to tell you about a partner of ours, the Patriot Cigar Company. The Patriot Cigar Company's story started with the idea of incorporating the love of cigars with the love for freedom and America. There is no better way to celebrate our love for our country and freedoms we cherish than smoking a premium cigar. After months of trying out different blends and working with master blenders, they created the Hellfire, TNT, Sidewinder, Moab, and Mark 48, which we have right here. Each cigar is made with premium tobacco, aged a minimum of three years in Nicaragua. You know, this is a true story. I had really fallen off smoking cigars for a while, and I just couldn't find anything that I enjoyed or wanted to sit through until I was introduced to the Patriot Cigar Company, and these are honestly some of the best cigars I've smoked in a long time. And the best part about it is you could go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use our promo code DOOMED to get 15% off your order. So if you're ready to enjoy a nice cigar, head on over to their website by using the link in our episode description below. Well, the Balrog is Durin's bane, basically. And uh, in the lore, what happens is... Good. um, They dig too deep. And they disturb something. Right. Right. They disturb something that should have never been disturbed. But it's interesting the way it's not Durin the son, it's Durin the father that drops the leaf that ends up disturbing the Balrog. But I mean, they obviously would have disturbed it eventually anyway. If they were going for the Mithril. And right. I thought that was that was really interesting when they showed that scene of that glimpse of the Balrog. I don't know if it speaks to how good the CGI is now or how far ahead of their time they were in the original movies because yeah. it looked identical. identical. 
Jackson was right? great at what he did, man. Yeah. Unbelievably good. And I think they may be trying a little too hard to play off of Jackson's movies. Like you see in Jackson's movies, Galadriel, he, she wants to be the queen, uh, terrible and great. And then they have that scene of Sauron standing next to her as, you know, her, his queen. Right. And you see him with his, his spikes on his helmet and she's standing next to him. I think they're trying maybe a little too hard, but I also like the similarities where you see Gandalf's power when he's trying to tell Bilbo, you know, I'm trying to help you. And he gets all big. They do the same thing in the woods when Gandalf first is talking to Nori. And it, it's kind of, I don't know if they're doing it a disservice or a service. It's interesting. Like, yeah, I they're feel trying like to they're make, trying. Yeah. They're trying to make you feel like you're in middle earth by like getting, you're in the same universe. Yeah. By doing like callbacks and things. I feel like sometimes they were a little cheap. Like even there right. was the scene of Galadriel and the, the kid, forget his name, and they were under the tree and the orcs were like looking for them. They were trying to like replicate the scene of the hobbits hiding from the Nazgul under yes. the tree in the forest. Um, I, I felt like some of that stuff was really cheap. Some a lot there was a lot of like repurposed uh, um, like lines from the other the movies where they like said similar things. Yeah, um, I noticed that. I feel like it's a little bit lacks creativity. Like make new shit. Make new lines right. that are like wise words yeah. and things. Um, you know, one of, one of my biggest criticisms, my favorite, I don't know. I felt, I, you know, to say a favorite, but um, it's probably not my favorite. But I, I thought that maybe my favorite episode was the last episode here. But maybe my second favorite was the one where where Mount Doom was created. Um, it looked, they, that whole battle sequence of Undun, I think it was called, was pretty dope. And, uh, and it was fun. Um, I just, the creation of Mount Doom... First of all, it's not canon. That's not how it happens. Um, second of all, I don't understand the physics of throwing water into a volcano and that turns it into a nuclear explosion. Uh, and I also just don't understand like why the Rube Goldberg machine in order to get the water into the volcano. Like it just, I it just, I don't get it. Like it's, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just it just it just seemed like a little bit illogical. Like this whole time throughout the whole season, this sword was really a key. And the key starts literally like a Rube Goldberg machine, where like a, a thing start falls, hits another thing, hits another thing, leading to water ending up. In t- and I, like Mount Doom was like a deep fryer, I guess. Like if you throw a bunch of water into a deep fryer, it blows <laughs> up. I, I just it looked really cool. Like the whole sequence looked really cool. With the CGI was well done. It's just like it. It just I don't know. It just was weird. Like why would Sauron? do all that like why wouldn't he just make it mount doom like he's magical fucking powers and stuff like this whole elaborate scheme to get water in there it was just it was weird i don't know yeah and uh to your point before about callbacks and some of it's like you know no need for it or whatever but i do have a thing about galadriel the actress she is an over actor sometimes and it doesn't seem realistic do you mean the, I don't the know if you guys feel Montfrey that way, Clark? but yes. I think that she tries too hard. I don't know if she's trying to really hone in on uh, Kate Blanchett's role to try to be similar, but sometimes she just misses the mark. Yeah, I agree 100. I think she's not a great my, actor, you know, actress. Yeah. Well, she's not Kate Blanchett. That's the problem, and she's yeah. trying to be like Kate Blanchett is one of the greatest actresses of our time. She's trying too hard. And like I, that comes back to my point of how they're trying too hard to Jacksonize it. And they should have, like Skaggs is saying, done their own thing a little bit. 
And when they do do their own thing, it's kind of in a silly way, like making her a warrior when she wasn't a warrior. They gender swapped uh, her and, and Elrond, which is basically what they yes, did. They made yeah. her the warrior, which Elrond's really the warrior. Uh, you know, um, Galadriel's okay, more of like the revered, you know, person, elf that's like a wise mage that people right. like, you know, trust and go to for things. They really just swapped roles. Um, that's yeah. like the woke criticism I have of it. It's like you just, you know, because like a woman has to do the male part now or whatever. I mean, but I'm getting into that. But well, yeah, a little just a little bit on that. The One of the things that bothers me the most is just a female dwarf in general in anything because they they don't appear because dwarf female dwarves have beards. So you may be looking at one and you just don't know it. And I feel like that's part of the mystique of a dwarf. And, you know, that kind of I don't care if she's black, white, Chinese. I don't think there should have been a female dwarf. I think her character is badass and I like her. Mm -hmm. But that that bothers me a little bit. That, yeah, I, I think know. that I think they should have had some sort of beer or at least a mustache or, or something made them look maybe like, I don't know, like like some like a like kind of like gypsy or something in some way. Right. Or, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I have criticisms definitely about Disa. Um, I, I like Durin, mm -hmm. though. Uh, Duran, I thought was like really well done. I like yes. the whole character. Yeah. The guy who played him did a really good job. Duran was really funny. Uh, he had like that mix of like Gimli and Thorin a little bit, kind of. Yeah. Um, I I liked it. I thought he was one of the like the, the definitely like the bright spots of the whole show. He was really funny. Totally I liked the, the the potty humor he had sometimes too. It was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And him and Elrond kind of mirror Gimli and Legolas in a lot kind of ways. Of. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that, but they didn't go overboard with it. They yeah, didn't make true. it like this is what we're doing, you know? Yeah. I liked um one of the other things I like too, which we, we haven't talked about yet, is Ad Adar, Ada, um, the the guy who's kind of like the father to all the orcs. Uh, I thought yeah. he had definitely one of the most interesting, he was one of the most interesting characters in the whole show. That is the same guy who played Benjamin Stark too in in uh Game of Thrones. Oh, um, so yeah, that's why he might look a little him. familiar to people. Uh, I thought his character is really just interesting and like kind of deep uh, that he is like not only kind of like one of the first orcs, but he actually cares about the orcs and like Sauron kind of just right. uses them uh, to a purpose. He is an elf, right? I guess to an extent. And if you remember, um, I, it might be the two towers or maybe even Fellowship of the Ring, one of the extended editions um, when Saruman is making the Urukai, uh, he talking to one of them about like do you know how the orcs like first came into being and he's like they were elves once taken tortured mutilated by like the dark forces or whatever i thought that was cool because it reminded me of what saruman was saying and i'm like now i'm kind of seeing that play out like uh adar is kind of like that guy that saruman was talking about he was like an elf that was definitely taken turned into an orc and then that he started the the whole orcs going for it. So I thought he was really well done and interesting character. The scene where like he and Gladriel were where he was Gladriel had him captured um, and was like interrogating him. Boy, I was starting to like root for the orcs with how like menacing and like genocidal Gladriel was being uh, about. I'm like, whoa, take it easy. Like this is actually like a nice orc. You know, and just she, <laughs> yeah. you know, she wants to just murder all of them and make him. What did she say? Like, you know, I'll make sure you're the last one so that you know everyone's dead. It's very like just dark. Yeah, yeah she went hard on him. I, I thought he was really interesting too, and I thought he was an interesting fold to Hallbrand because you kind of think, oh, this might be Sauron. 
it's, it's said that in, in the Silmarillion, they say that Sauron comes down in like a form that's pleasing to the elves so that he right. can kind of get in their midst and orchestrate what they're doing. He needed the elven smiths right. to complete his plan, basically. So he shows them what to do without telling them, this is my real plan. And what happens is when he makes the one ring and puts it on, the elves that have the three rings, they're like, oh, shit. He, he's going to fuck us. So let's take our rings off and hide them. And at that point, the, the other seven and nine for the dwarves and men were already created. And he gets those, but he doesn't get the three elven rings. And then they put those three rings to good use. One of them is given to Gandalf. Right. Eladriel has one and Elrond has one. And they basically start healing the earth with them to try to counteract what Sauron's trying to do. And that- the dwarves were too stubborn and willful to be controlled. And some of those rings actually got eaten <laughs> when their wearers were eaten by dragons. I, I read all this recently to prepare for this. But it's just interesting how the, the dwarves were just too stubborn to control. So they went to men. And of course, men are the easiest to control. And those are the, the ring rates. Yeah. So they, they definitely are trying to adapt some of those things. But it, it's definitely a, a new imagining um, not exactly sticking to the the lore, you know, closely really at all. Um, they're just trying to like kind of adapt sort of like plot points in a way uh, right. that are similar, you know. Like and I think they're forced to do that because they can't use the Silmarillion. Yeah, which I don't understand why they wouldn't be able to use it. I guess it's yeah. some legal thing or whatever. But yeah, probably the, you know, the that makes it difficult for them too. Yeah, it did. All, uh, my, all my of the history. Are... Good, good. So uh, just to me, like the the source material is not available to them. So they kind of have to make shit up. So yes, it's not exactly how I would want it. And I would, like you said, I don't think it's canon either. It's kind of like a, an interpretation. It's based off of Tolkien's works. It's not a straight, you know, I want to see a better version of this eventually in my lifetime for sure. But they do have a lot of impediments in that they can't use the proper source material. So they have to make shit up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, I'll just we'll wrap it up here in a minute. But my biggest criticism is that it was two rookies, and I could tell the whole way through that it was rookies that that did it. Um, and it's just weird, right? Because they spent like almost a billion on this thing, and yeah. I, I, told, I told my buddy at work, I was like, uh, "Man, it's like you know, you bought a Bugatti Veyron and then you handed it to someone who's never driven before." Um, it's mm. basically what Amazon did, and like you could see, like it crashed a, a lot, at least in my opinion, uh, a couple of times. So. Uh, I don't know, Jimbo, any other thoughts before we uh, maybe we'll give it a rating? We're running out of time here. So um, my thing on, to that point, would you do you think that if Amazon went to Jackson and was like, hey, listen, we have this idea. Are you interested in doing this? Do you think he turned them down? Aaron, I don't know if they, they did that. I don't know if they did. Did he oh, turn them down? Uh, you might you have some apparently they they reached out to him and they said hey we may we may be looking for some guidance and whatever what have you and he said he was down and then they never contacted him again that's what i read interesting so it's I, almost like they snubbed him yeah i would have i would have preferred they brought him back as he had like the touch for this story absolutely um yeah. and i remember a few years ago this might be five six years ago i remember him posting a photo on his instagram of him reading the similarian and he had post-its in there of him taking notes of certain areas. So like the way I interpreted that 
at the time as he was taking notes to like think about how to adapt this into a live action show or you know movie um, right. years and years ago so they should have brought him back man they really should absolutely have. they made um, a big mistake by not doing yeah. so because he like shows. you said he has the knack for it he he pulled it off beautifully i think to me that's the best book to movie ever created yeah so far and he even took some liberties but he did it in the right way yeah so you and have to take he, liberties sometimes because like books right. don't translate perfectly over to you know film all the time yeah. yeah exactly there's a lot of things you need to cut and what have you but you know he would have been invaluable and it would have it would have been a much different review right now if he was on if, if he was on it for sure all right so what do you guys want to rate it one to uh ten we got like five minutes left here before i run out of time i'll give it a healthy six and a half to seven i, I really i i enjoy it. it it entertains me yes it has its problems but i am excited for season two yeah Bill? Yeah, I'm gonna go. You said six and a half and seven, right? Oh, it's tough. I would I would give it like a seven five for me. Yeah, okay. yeah. This is from someone who has no idea what's going on. Sure. I'm just like, yeah, give me all, give me all of it. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. Um, I I didn't really <laughs> like it. There was a couple <laughs> of fair. sorry. There was a couple of things I thought were it looked cool sometimes. Uh, knowing a lot of like the backstory made me not like it. Uh, I remember I told you, Jimbo, I was like, kind of take the blue pill here and don't look into anything because then it'll become so different from what Tolkien wrote that you're, you you know, you'll think differently about. It. I do think Tolkien's spinning his grave. There was a lot of just illogical things that happened. Time was hard to quantify in the show. Um, there was a lot of like dumb red herrings. Uh, Isildur disappearing. We all know he survives. I don't understand why they even chose to waste yeah, time that with that. Uh, Celebrimbor's dead. No, he's not. He was in the movies, right? He's not dead. They're saying uh, Galadriel's husband, uh, or not Kelbrimbo, sorry, uh, Kelleborn. Um, you know, she just like waited to the second to last episode to even mention him, and then he's dead. We know he's not dead, right? So like that's like a stupid thing to even pursue. Um, just a lot of just dumb shit like that occurred. Um, I thought Sauron looked cool, like in the like two times we got to see him, like in actual Sauron form, looked pretty dope. Um, that's about it. Three rings of power. Hopefully season two gets better. Hopefully they bring Jackson back or something or put somebody who's just a better, more seasoned director or team in charge. Uh, I think it's gonna be like two years too until they, then the uh, oh, really? season comes out. Yeah. It took like a long time to uh, develop this, I guess, because of CGI and whatnot. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. And final thoughts. All right, boys. Well, Covered everything. The Fellowship of Doom. Thank you guys for uh, joining me. That is our Absolutely. Doom review of the Rings of Power. We will be back to review some other things definitely in the in the begin in the, the near future. Maybe do some podcasts, some Halloween stuff. We'll see what happens. Hell yeah! All right, everybody. Later.